Oh, hey. I, I didn't see you there. Uh, because of our theme for the episode, we're gonna put the sketch at the very end. One teaspoon of cayenne. Uh, sorry. Been short on time, so I've had to record this and cook dinner at the same time. There it is. Uh, gotta have a little spice in your life, and even more in your food, eh? <laughs> uh, we truly hope you stick around until the very end of the episode. Uh, one moment. Yeah. As always, enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Critically Optimistic. I'm your host, Mac. Joining me, as always, is Jenko. Say hello, Jenko. Hey, everyone. It's good to be back. Got a fun episode that we came up with, not last minute, but it wasn't one that we had on the little list that we've been planning for ourselves. But before we get into the theme, let's talk news. What's going on with you, Jenko? There's one exciting thing, and that's I have a vacation now, which is good after been working nonstop for a couple of month, months. Uh, although by the time this episode is out, my vacation will already be done, but still. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Uh, going on a trip to Netherlands, and uh, yeah, this will be enjoyable. Going to watch okay. uh, as many movies as possible until I break. <laughs> and uh, I'm also planning on doing another horror challenge for myself but instead of 31 days i'm thinking of doing it 62 days and having it 61 days and having it throughout from september till till uh, october which um okay i think i'll be able to manage <laughs> yeah hopefully yeah no i just got a lot of stuff going on around my personal life really just uh uh baby number three is coming and yeah. school the end of my school like period like it's gonna be done soon um Good. and that doesn't feel like i've done much at all this term so it's gonna catching up with me and i've had like uh stuff going on i can't focus on anything straight so it's, i'm a surprise i'm gonna get through this episode to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. uh, I'll, I'll be I, your wig man <laughs> <laughs> thanks i have actually been watching like consistently more movies somehow even though my yeah. life is extremely busy, I've been kind of going that. to bed. It was fun to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just been kind of like, because normally I'd stay up and I'd do stuff, right? But because I got to get so much done during the day, I go to bed and I go, well, I could probably squeeze in a movie like while I'm laying in bed on, on my tablet, oh. which whatever, come at me if you're one of those people who are like, <laughs> you what? But I have a fairly good, big size tablet yeah. with really good headphones. So whatever, you know what? Yeah, I mean, there's as people long as who still it does really matter what you're watching the movie on. <laughs> exactly, there's still people out there who prefer to watch their movies on VHS. Go after them yeah. before you go after. I mean, them. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could technically just watch a movie from a, one of those Texas Instrument calculators. I mean, if you can't play Doom on a calculator, you might as well just watch a movie on it, right? <laughs> I'll be honest. I have looked into buying one of those uh, tablet stands that can like attach to your bed, so you don't have oh. to hold. Yeah. hold the screen but the problem is my my tablet actually is bigger than the average tablet and there's no uh, stand that's 
girthy enough to hold it, you know? Like, it's not even strong enough to hold how big it is, let alone hold the size, so... Oh, right, I see. Yeah, that that, that sounds like a problem. (laughs) It's kind of a problem. I mean, they are, like, these sort of more industrial ones that you could buy, but Nicola Mm -hmm. said that if I buy it, she's not going to be happy about it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I guess she says is. it defeats the purpose of a tablet, and I was like, "Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's annoying I mean, though because sometimes I'm watching something and I have to hold it, and like an hour goes by, right? My arm is killing me because it's like I don't want to hold this thing. <laughs> it's heavy. <laughs> I don't want to hold it anymore." <laughs> yeah, uh, we always have to make compromises with our spouses or significant others. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, she must have gotten used to me watching these movies on my tablet now. Uh, before bed though because she says she doesn't even know like one night i said oh i watched a movie last mm-hmm. night and she's like oh you did and it's like i'm right beside <laughs> you <laughs> yeah how did you not <laughs> so but that's a good thing but yeah. anyways yeah that's that's our personal news uh <laughs> let's go over the theme though so the theme of this episode is cannibalism the end yeah. and more or less, we, I struggled with the title on this one, but more or less what the description of it is, it's just movies that are basically about whatever they're about. And then they go into cannibalism for the last, like, what, like five minutes, and then it's yeah. the end of the movie. It's just it wasn't a cannibal movie until the last five minutes, and then all of a sudden, okay, and it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Surprisingly, there are way more movies that should f- that fill this category than there should be. Like, yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> um, so because of that reason, we actually have an honorable or honorary. Wow, we oh my god, and we have this conversation <laughs> yeah, about, about this which before. word it is, and I already screw it up. <laughs> we have an honorary mention that we're going to go into right now. So uh, let's talk about... A boy boy. and his dog. A film that has become a cult legend. Right now I'm hungry and I want to get laid. That's what you always say. After World War IV, your dog will tell you what to do. How to laugh. How to love. How and who to kill. That stupid broad. (laughs) You're so funny when you're sexually frustrated. L.Q. Jones, A Boy and His Dog. A film that has become a legend by word of mouth. Rated R. So it's a pretty indie post-apocalyptic film about wasteland having, like, the world having been destroyed after, what was it, World War Four? They mentioned in the title. Yeah, it was World War yeah. Four. so, because yeah. you see one, two, three, and then four come up. I think it says something about, it, it's, oh, by the way, it's in 2024. Uh, yeah, that's right, the, yeah. Yeah. The reason I've always wanted to see this movie and the reason I watched it was a complete fluke. So Janko and I were talking about doing this uh, double feature theme. <laughs> double feature theme. Janko's drinking a giant Pepsi, by the way. That's what you heard just then. It wasn't him hissing at the fact <laughs> that I said we were making a theme. But um, yeah, so Janko and I were uh, creating this theme and I watched Eating Raul because we were pretty positive like this is what we wanted to do. Um, Mm. And then incidentally, the next day 
was it the next day? No, it was actually right after I watched Eating Raul. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch a boy and his dog <laughs> for no reason. And then yeah. I was like, what the heck? They end the same. So yeah, I didn't like I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about a boy and his dog. So oh, before we actually get into any of this, as the title of this episode would imply and as um the description we just gave off would imply oh, yeah. spoilers. Spoilers. Care yeah. About spoilers for this episode. <laughs> not not this episode. We're we're warning because, right now. It's a clean slate, yeah. but yeah, of of course we're talking about the, the the theme is the ending of the film, so mm. yeah, spoilers ahead. And but yeah, yeah, we're also going to be talking about the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, and that's definitely a movie I don't want to talk about unspoiled, if you know what I mean. Yeah, tr- true. Mm. Um, so with the reason I watched this movie is because I I enjoy Fallout. Um, probably not as much as some uh, of the diehard fans out there, mm. but I enjoy the game series and yeah. New Vegas is great. Um and uh, a boy and his dog has always been sort of around as inspiration for what the Fallout series has like yeah. so, some of the things they've done. I can kind of see it for sure. Mm-hmm. We get like the elements, like the companion. Well, the big one, the big Easter egg, is the companion you get in most Fallout games. Uh, dog meat. Uh, mm. They get that name from here, even though the dog's name isn't dog meat. He calls it dog that one time blood i don't blood or something yeah his, his name, name is blood it is blood uh, but uh what did you think of the film Jacob? I, I just went on a tangent there so sorry yeah no like i there were parts i i definitely enjoyed um i i enjoyed the like the the communication between the dog and the main character played by don johnson uh, mm-hmm. of all people um and i, I like the fact that only him, he could hear the dog. Like it, it's psychological. Like he's been so long in this state that he's suddenly hearing the dog, and I, I, I actually really love that element uh, added. Well, to all, him. all dogs have telepathy in the movie. Did they? Yeah, they all have telepathy in the movie. That's why, like okay. at the end, with those guys in the sort of like cult underground place, they have that one dog there, and they're yeah. like, "What did you tell them?" Stuff like that. But uh, oh. yeah, but all dog dogs have talk, telepathy. Though, did it, though? No, it didn't. He he oh, didn't tell oh, them right. anything. Yeah. And then it's the same with like when they were finding, uh, when the the when blood helped him sniff out that girl from the movies, and then the yeah. other gang came. They said, "Oh, they must have had a dog too." And you do see because remember they fight. Oh. The two dogs fight each other. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, then, then I must have uh, thought, <laughs> I don't know, I must have got that quite clearly then. <laughs> but any, it's a weird, case. it's it's a weird thing with like, like it's kind of the cool stuff about the movie and it's probably the biggest compliment I'll give the movie is like it took the post-apocalyptic like, what, what would happen? Things mm. will get mutated and it's just like dogs can talk through mind powers. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Like that's one of the I mean, things uh, that this movie does. Yeah. That's that's fun. <laughs> but I, I I enjoyed that aspect. I, I thought um, I thought I don't remember his name, but the main character and the dog had good chemistry. I thought. Oh, um, Vic. Vic, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, and I, I liked when they finally went down to that underground society, and it's like, oh, this is like the 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 cannibalistic cult in. Um, in uh, New Vegas, but instead, 
instead of uh, them eating people, it's uh, them trying to inseminate fertile men from the wasteland to impregnate their wives. Yeah, <laughs> in a very uncomfortable, like, you don't see the machine, but it, I'd imagine oh, yeah. it's not good. <laughs> it looks like it really hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, it really hurts. It made me <clears throat> whinge just looking at <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, oh. But but I do understand. I do see the problems with this film. Like it is yeah. very nonchalantly uh, rapey. Um, rapey. It's a misogynistic pile of I don't know. Like a <laughs> a really like uh, like some schoolyard bullies wet fantasy. You know, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> but uh, it's it's yeah, but... really weird in the way that it portrays. Like I mean, there's a part of me that kind of goes like. Ugh, gross. But there's also a part of me that goes like, maybe it's just being truthful. Like, you yeah, know, there's probably, <laughs> if we were ever stuck in a situation like that, and I hate to say, that, I'm saying this purely as like, uh, the world's a kind of a messed up place, is like, mm. maybe that's how it would be. And I, I don't I mean, it like would. that. Yeah, quite honestly, it would. Yeah. But in the same <laughs> sense, it's not what you want to see in a movie, right? You, you, no. You're there to have a fun time, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, most of the time, people watch movies to escape reality when you make it. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you already went as far as making all dogs have telepathy. Like, come on. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Although, I yeah. do appreciate the darkness of the film. Like, uh, I, f- I think the ending hits the nail on the head perfectly. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, when they're the walking ending, away. And- it's like a punchline to a joke, almost. It is, yeah, and like it, it just happens so suddenly, and it's like, yeah, he's siding with the dog. Of course, he's siding with the dog, and uh, like, uh, <laughs> well, we have some more meat left. Like, uh, we should pack it up and bring it along. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, they're like a little bit subtle about it, but not too much. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the The start of the film and the around the middle was, I don't know, it dragged a bit for me. Like, I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. It just felt like some guy making a really shitty uh, post-apocalyptic movie in like Arizona desert or something like that. And you know, it's like he had no budget. And then when it actually got to the part of the screamers part, when they actually started getting more creative with it, like the screamers Mm -hmm. bit and a little bit of like the, the warring and uh, the gymnasium. Like I like how everything was underground. Like, uh, there's been like a storm or a dust storm that's come around and it's so bad because of the nuclear war that it's just literally covered whole cities. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that what actually happened if there was a post-apocalyptic thing, like, uh, like the nature the elements would take control again, right? Like, like nature would overgrow. And mm-hmm. and I like the idea of these societies that like they claim these underground places and, uh, mm. Those were fun parts of the movie, but they didn't live up to the, like the most of the movie didn't live up to that creativeness. And I, I enjoyed it because that's when it stopped being like rapey and yeah. that sort of misogynistic, weird sleaze uh, all over the place, you know, because it was just mm, more creative absolutely. and fun. And uh, I liked the guy that I liked the fact that they had a robot like, um, what was it? Bodyguard? I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) 
And you saw a lot of Fallout elements come out around the end. And you could tell, like, whoever did create Fallout and used Mm. inspiration from this, they used the good stuff. Like, the stuff that people would remember. Yeah, Yeah, like, I I feel like there have been a lot of post-apocalyptic films uh, from around this time that have been inspired for Fallout. Like, I I think also The Postman with um, Kevin Costner is also another Fallout inspiration because of the courier and such yeah yeah well what did you give this film jacob i um i i think it's somewhere a good line down the middle i give it a an honest free like i enjoyed it i I thought the ending worked and i i like the dog and the and the main character but i see i do see the problems with it being very misogynistic and that Mm -hmm. is what's keeping it uh so far down at this boat at this point no, we really forgot to. Well, you you did mention it, but the reason it makes the list is because, um, and like I said, I'm spoiling this. I don't care what anyone says. Um, <laughs> is that the at the end of the movie, his dog is starving to death. Basically, he comes back up to the surface with a girl, and the girl's like, "Oh, he he's a goner. There's no food forever." And he looks at her, and then the next scene is them eating and the dog's fine you're like where's the girl oh well they must have (laughs) ate her (laughs) so randomly just cannibalism right like (laughs) it's it really made this list and we're gonna just have it as i think we were just gonna have it as this and eating raul but to be honest there's not really that much to talk about with this film the director lq jones he he didn't really do anything Um, yeah he's the guy who plays the the sud the texas guy in casino like the casino owner yeah he's got a lot of acting but uh, i mean it's one of those cases where you're an actor forever and you think oh i can make a movie and then sometimes it works (laughs) sometimes it really doesn't this is one of those times (laughs) so (laughs) it will always be remembered i think uh just for the simple fact that it's it's just like one of those films you know like it's not. I don't yeah, know if it yeah. really has a cult following, but it's one of those films where you could say it's someone who is into cinema, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that movie." I, I can see that. Mm. I think it has some some small cult following, seeing the rating it has on on Letterboxd. Well, it's also based off of a book too. Yeah, I don't remember what the title of the book is. It could be the same title, but I know that it is based off of a book. And I've outlined. I've heard as well. That the book is just as bad, like you know, with the stuff oh, we were saying. Right, okay. So, who knows? But yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, uh, my rating for the film is a two, two stars, which is about mm. like, yeah. uh, like That's I didn't fair. care for it too much. Like which, that's the which thing. Means, which means which means Singapore Sling is better than <laughs> than a boy and his dog. <laughs> yeah, Singapore Sling is better than a boy and his dog. It is like as much as I detest some of the things in Singapore Sling. It's a far better cinematic piece than The Boy and His Dog. I love that. I love that very much. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna haunt you with with Singapore Sling for the rest of your life. I just scenes in that movie that's just so disgusting. I didn't oh, yeah. want to see that. I thought it was gonna be interesting. It wasn't interesting. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> Sick. Um. Sick in the head. Uh, okay, well, let's go on to eating Raul. Meet Paul in 
very bland. We're so lucky to have found each other. A typical American couple. I know. Good night, dear. Sweet dreams. With a typical American dream and typical American problems. Mr. Leach, I'm sure the bank has nothing to worry about. It's going to get everything that's coming to it. The bank wants to see what it's getting oh, into. Excuse me. May I sit down? Yeah. Is it a comedy? Yes, but not the type that you're used to. Eating Raul, rated R. Well, Eating Raul um, is the first film we have meeting the criteria, well, officially meeting the criteria. Uh, we picked it, I picked this film blind. Like, Janko never saw it, I never saw it. I went, Eating Raul, it's got to be about cannibalism. And then I started watching the film, and I was like, no one's eating anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, then it wasn't, because we didn't actually have a theme like that detailed plan. We were kind of like, okay, well, we got to watch some stuff and figure out what we could really do. And then, yeah, it wasn't until Eating Raul, I was like, okay, I think we, I think there's something here that we could use. And then it really did it for us. So a relatively boring Los Angeles couple discover a bizarre, if not, murderous way to get funding for opening a restaurant and that really is the description of the movie yeah um, i mean yeah. you really don't need much else beyond that like it, it this movie goes straight to the point i thought mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. It, it's listed as a comedy uh crime crime comedy sort of yeah. and it's really about uh two characters so paul and mary uh, who are played by Paul and Mary. Um, their their actual names are Paul uh, Brattel and Bartel. yeah, and Mary. What I can't even pronounce. Thank you. Uh, you're <laughs> better off with saying something <laughs> like that than I am. I haven't <laughs> seen a name like that before till now. But they've played in uh, lots of different things, like B films and. Yeah. Looney yeah, Tunes back in uh, action. Apparently Mary Oranov has played in a lot of um, Andy Warhol films. Uh, she was a, she used to be an Andy Warhol regular. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So Edie Raoul uh, is played by those two uh, characters. One is sort of like a wine connoisseur. And he has lots of expensive bottles of wine. And she works as a nurse. But their dream is to open their own, like mom and pop restaurant with a really exquisite sort of dining, like kind of like a hidden gem. Uh, The thing is they're broke as heck and they live in a wacky sort of seventies world. This is actually one thing I really did want to bring up with the movie is it felt like it was a seventies film. And I don't know if you felt the same way. Like it's, it was made in 1982, but for the love of God, it was a seventies film, like through and through. I I can't think yeah. of like there's so much. There's a big emphasis on swingers, and I think um, the yeah, film indeed. tries to. We'll, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more, but there's a mm. a big satire throughout the whole film, and it really takes the the te- the. I was going to say temperature of like what's happening in Los Angeles at the time. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and, and possibly be yeah. and amplifying that, but like I said, 1982, maybe. I mean, I wasn't alive 
to know any better back then, but it really felt 70s, like the clothes and mm. everything like that. I mean, it, it could also just be that seeing as the 80s became more a sex liberal decade, maybe, where it's just uh, it's deliberately trying to feel like it's from the 70s because it's satiring like if something that's already happened kinkiness kinkiness of the 70s yeah. that is more normal in the 80s perhaps yeah yeah perhaps i mean and then there's also the fact that they're both paul and mary have a very what would you say like a 50s america family relationship oh, yeah, going yeah, on like with them yeah indeed like they have a they're like a core <clears throat> like uh, husband and couple like they are separate beds and they like they rarely sleep a pi- together. A, I don't think they ever a sleep picture, together. A picturesque family uh, or couple, yeah. like American couple. Like this mm-hmm. is, and that, that's on purpose, of course. But mm. um, place them inside of a world that's full of, you know, the exact opposite of yeah. what the, it's you know. It's chaotic out there. It's wild. Yeah. And then it's, amplifying that. It's not that. really that something. <laughs> it's not really something they're used to. Yeah. The, but also for the better, you can notice that. Because they're a traditional couple, like it, it, it helps their relationship. Like they, they, they have a better form of communicating, as we'll see mm-hmm. uh, further throughout this film. And the film, the film starts off with a laying on hard with the jokes, like right away. I mean, yeah. Uh, what was the first thing that really happens? Which is the guy who robs robs them, and he's like, "Yeah, that's right." It's like, "Give me your money, punk!" And then the owner just shoots him dead. And Paul's yeah. like, I think you killed him. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's and another thing. Who told you to order a case of Chateau Lafitte Rothschild? This stuff goes for $400 a bottle. We don't have customers for that kind of item. You got your head up your ass? Uh, Mr. Cray, I think. Uh, uh, excuse me. One of you gentlemen mind giving me the money out of that cash register? What? I said give me the money out of the register, sucker, and make it fast. Mr. Cray, you killed him. Yeah. Now, how about that Chateau Lafitte? I also felt like this movie was a... I wouldn't say it was a predecessor in the fact that, like, you know... It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Using that sort of... um, That... that Yeah. That yeah, sound yeah. in their... Um, that sound in their... Because that was a fluke on their part, but... This really used that as that sort of that it's funny to put this music with this scenario. Yeah, yeah, the elevator music, right? Like yeah, the, that sort the, of I can't the remember shopping, the shopping spree film music. Very American, like it's it plays really well with how the couple are portrayed. Like they're the picturesque, does, yeah. picturesque America, and then you've got the picturesque American theme music mm-hmm. going on with them, which is um, yeah. Which it suited the movie really well. It did yeah. I didn't realize that this film was actually made by. So the director is the star of the film as well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Paul, I noticed that as well. And Paul Bartel made it. Supposed to be a. I I have zero knowledge of this actor. Like the only thing I remember him from is in Gremlins Two when he plays into the wall breaking uh, scene in the cinema. But uh, apparently he's been around for a long time, and and he's a cherished uh, uh, person. Apparently, yeah. I th- I feel like when I look at his face, I know of 
him. And I think I've seen, mm. there's stuff I know he's been in. So, um, but anyways, I mean, he has good, he has good, uh, I, f- I think he has a good sense of comedy. Like I enjoy his, uh, he's funny. Like he's, he's, he's really hilarious in this film. Yeah. There's a sort of dark humor that goes along with this film as well oh. as, uh, also he directed, uh, death race 2000. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we'll go on a little bit more with the film. So uh, we told you that they want to save up money to get, um, uh, they want to save up money to get their own restaurant. And they come up with the idea because they accidentally kill a guy and nonchalantly, they just <laughs> shove him in the co- garbage compactor oh. in the, in the, um, what is it? The apartment. And they're like, oh, yeah, look, he, right. he had a lot of money. And then they f- <laughs> figure out this scheme, yada, yada, yada. I'll try not to spoil everything. But they figure out the scheme like, oh, okay, well, what if we do the polar opposite of what we like? And we just, because they figure out swingers have a lot of money. So why don't we convince these sex pervert swingers to come to our place? And we hit them over the head with the frying pan and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, out of all the weapons in the world, it's just this frying pan. <laughs> like, because they use it once. <laughs> yeah. You're like, man, this is the most effective weapon in the world. You just hit them once and they're dead. But also later on, the f- later on in the film, you have that awesome quote where, uh, "Do you mind buying a new frying pan? I'm a bit iffy with using the <laughs> frying pan we're killing people with." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that too. Um, so they start killing people. Uh, they put out an ad in the paper and they start filling out people's fantasies. So every time a new person comes around, they over, they have their apartment decked to like a pirate place or some weird sexual Mickey Mouse thing that was going on with that one. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. That one was weird. I mean, they're all really yeah. weird. weird. <laughs> Came out totally unexpected. <laughs> like I, I, I thought that scene was really funny. <laughs> like a pirate chasing something, and I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> it just turns out to be a big ass Minnie Mouse costume. <laughs> um, and oh. then there's 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 just a bunch of them. So they got the locks changed in the apartment, and this is when Raúl comes into play because he figures out their scheme, and he says, "Look, I want in." And I'm going to make you more money. And they go, well, okay. So they do it. And then they kind of form this relationship together, uh, partner-wise, like work-wise. Then as time goes on, though, Raul becomes extremely sexually attracted to Mary and somehow convinces. I'd like to talk about this, too. Somehow convinces her, like, hey, let's just do it a bunch. And she's like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I, I don't really get that. I mean, she got high on dope, and apparently that's the cue to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll sleep with you, sure. That was a little yeah, strange. Yeah, that, that, I, I hated that part as well. I'll, I'll get more deeper into that. Well, let's you, we go on. you just get into it now, really, because yeah. it, I yeah, found it no. quite jarring a little bit of the movie. Like, I understood that it had yeah. to happen, but in the same sense, it could have felt too easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did happen way too easily. Like, she was attracted to him, and they made that clear in the movie, and, like, yada, yada, yada. But in the same sense, it didn't match her character. Like, everything Mm -hmm. about sex almost repulsed. I wouldn't say repulsed her, but she just wasn't into that at all. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, like it hardly even seemed like she had any sexual feelings for her husband, and no, they make it clear, quite clear. They always say like, "Oh, well, he's my best friend." Like I couldn't do it. She like she mm. makes it a point to say like, "Well, he's my best friend," you know. So it was really strange that she's like, "Yeah, okay, let's go do it and let's do it again and again for like they must have done it at least a dozen times." Three times, I think. Yeah. Well, I think they even do it more than that, like off camera. Mm. Um. Oh yeah, it could be yeah, but but yeah, they treated it like a very potent gateway drug to being raped. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, but, although it is very annoying that there was at least five times in this film where she got attempted, uh, where someone tried to attempt to rape her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing with all of these movies. So this is a weird theme that. We didn't intend, but all three of these films have rape in them. So, yeah. <laughs> Although, thankfully, like it's not too overused here. But after a point, like when when you see it the fifth time, like <laughs> it becomes a bit tiresome after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it does. But but yeah, the, the the love story between Raúl and the wife uh, is the weakest part of the film, and I hated it. Although there is, although. It, uh, Paul saves it at the end when he's like, um, "Oh, when he's, he's stalking like, him." Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. When uh, he when he's stalking him and he he gets what's coming to him, uh, yeah. like Raúl. Yeah. But uh, but and and how calm he is with. Well, I mean, he's already he's dead now, so what's done is done. I mean, you're forgiven, and I, I like that part. Like he's he's still a loving husband, and he still respects her, even though. He I think that played. I think she, that played in she more. She cheated on him. I think that played in more to the fact that their relationship is like they they because they make it really clear throughout most of the film that it's like well their relationship mm. is not about just sex, whereas the rest of this yeah, whole world that they live in is like everything is sex. Yeah, and... yeah. It's it's like well we have something that no one else has. You're literally. I think it's. There's a weird level of like it's like the director Paul was trying to make a, a weird sort of commentary almost joke about how if you look at someone who's really calm and critical about everything and can mm-hmm. keep the composure like almost like a killer you could look at yeah. it in a different lens and be like well that's the perfect american couple right there you know like cuz that's what oh, it yeah. is to me Absolutely. it's like and that's what the whole film is. Like these people are literally killers. They're serial killers. But oh yeah. The film <laughs> the film plays it as like, well, oh, this is just a funny thing we're doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but it's like you're lo- almost like you're looking at the lens through their eyes. Uh, mm. where it's like, this is no big deal. Like, what I'm doing, this is not even a big deal because I'm getting money for a restaurant so we could be happy. And but if yeah. Say like, and I know that this is probably the purpose of the film and whatnot. But if you look, if you played it, and say there was someone who was like, okay, well, I'm gonna play it. This is not a comedy. This is like a really dark, like, uh, I'm. This is my version of uh, a serial killer movie. It could easily yeah. be like a cold, sadistic, like, what the hell, you know? These oh, innocent yeah. people are Absolutely. getting killed. Uh, by the way, I have to say my favorite part of this film, I don't know why I have to say this right now, but my favorite part of this film is when they're at the swinger party. And oh, yeah. 
they're all telling him like come on get in the hot tub and he's like he's like get in this and he just throws that giant electrical heater and kills like at least 35 of them at one go what are you doing over there by the fence none of your damn business i'm the host here god damn it now get out of your clothes and get into the hot tub or get the hell out we don't want any wet blankets or spoiled sports at this party we're here to swing aren't we kids well, swing on this. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good scene. <laughs> I love that. They all just slump over. <laughs> They're just dead. <laughs> I mean, that was easy, like, easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think they earned everything they needed for the restaurant at that point. <laughs> that was a really great part of the movie that's my fa- that is my favorite part of the movie <laughs> yeah it worked really well yeah yeah so there's this there's a satire of of that like there's the lens and then there's the satire which which it all plays together and then there's the satire of like everybody being sex crazy in this film literally everybody oh, yeah. except the main characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right yeah. Uh, well, no, not even that. Except the same characters and the other sex worker, which is the. F- it oh, is. It is. Oh yeah, the funny. Dor- Doris, the dominatrix. Yeah, Doris, the dominatrix, because she's not sex crazy yeah. either. So it's like all these people who are doing this stuff mostly are completely yeah. like um, sane. You know, it's like you have to yeah. be. I don't That's know. True. This guy. The more I talk about the movie, the more. It, I'm confused by it, but I also appreciate <laughs> kind of the cleverness of how it's all been put together. Oh, yeah. Like it's simple to say like, Oh, I'm just going to make us like these serial killing couple seem very sane. <laughs> like this is, you're going to see it as sane as I can get it. And that sounds very simple, but the way it's been handled is really good. I, yeah, I think so too. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm noticing that I'm, the more that I keep thinking about it and the longer it's been in my conscious, I, I, I appreciate this film more and more. Um, I remember not really liking it too much when I first finished it, but now having it let sink in a little bit, this is now my, uh, this is now my, there will be blood. Uh, I'm like, I'm appreciating it more and it's yeah. Sort of like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, There Will Be Blood is definitely one of those films that's like, oh, you walk away from it and then you just don't stop thinking about it. Years go by and you're like, ah, he was really good in that film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But But, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I I, I, I love the dynamic between uh, Mary and Paul. Um, It works so well. And they they carry this film so tremendously. Yeah, um... I, I've got a couple notes written down here before we go on to the yeah. trivia and then rating. That's good. But I I did write <laughs> I did write randomly the baby burps and they add a really gross sound effect. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I kind of remember the scene. There's just this little I can't even remember what, but it's just it shows this baby. Oh, I remember it. I think it's the reason I wrote it down is because it was a it was a me edit. Like it's like if I was editing this movie, I would have done that because the baby (laughs) like the baby just burped. And I don't think it was written in the script, but whoever edited the the movie just like, I'm gonna make this baby's burp really gross. (laughs) 
and just (laughs) put in like a really gross burp sound effect that is like clearly not the baby doing it but it's just it's just so funny so i i wrote that down i i'd like that that scene too was really funny just because it's like that's i would have done that like i would have done that yeah (laughs) i i wrote the frying pan is the most op weapon in the world oh the the hippie guy the one hippie sex uh crazy maniac is ed uh bigley jr um that's he, right yeah yeah he's in better call saul which i mean mm-hmm. better call saul is a great show and um yeah i was just surprised to see him because it's one of those things where it's <laughs> like you only really see this one actor when they're older and then when you see them when yeah. you're younger you're like oh wow yeah that's right <laughs> I wrote the sex store owner is really aggressive for no reason whatsoever. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that scene too. It was a bit funny. <laughs> I don't know why he was so aggressive. Maybe uncomfortable. <laughs> I also like the fact that Paul was very like the way he described like what he wanted, like very very awkward. <laughs> yeah. Also I realized uh, much later that Raul um is Chakatoy from Star Trek Voyager. How is he? I didn't know that. I don't know yeah. anything about Star Trek, but I mean, you tell me he's in Star Trek. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so what, anything else you want to say about this film before we get to the no, ending? I just want to say that I, I, I think I, I really like the title um, because the title is just an afterthought. Like the movie ends and they're like, what, what should we call this? Uh, well, they just ate Raul. Just call it that. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, the, um, yeah, so the film, now we're going to get back into the theme. The, thil- the, the film, the film ends basically with Raul comes to the apartment and confesses his love for mary and tells paul like shove it we don't need you anymore and basically yeah. i think he was gonna kill paul like that was his plan he was gonna yeah. be, like kill paul That's right and he asked mary because he thought mary was gonna be on his side and mary goes to the kitchen he yeah, they both actually he says oh i need help mm. with something they all go into the kitchen and out comes paul and mary and raul is mm. dead when you think about it, all these endings are actually quite similar, where the main star is sided with a, a group or a person, and mm-hmm. like, um, and it's always, it's always, it always leans to the hero side instead of the villain. And like, yeah, 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 you're right. In ab- Boy and His Dog, it's the woman, and then here it's uh, Raul, and then the other film. We'll, we'll get, we'll to, get that, to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right with that. I didn't think about that. Uh, no, this theme really puts all these films together like tightly which is kind of strange in a way you know yeah it is <laughs> it's almost like this uh, a part of me wants to say it's lazy but it's not but it no, feels lazy not. do you get what i'm saying like it's like how do we end Absolutely, this film yeah. i don't know just eat them <laughs> I don't, you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> It just like I mean it's a morbid way to end it on a high note, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um I, th- I I do I I do like how they resolved this though, like oh shit, the guest is arrived, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> we cook him. <laughs> yeah, so that's how the film literally ends. So they have uh it's their broker was a broker or real estate so someone like yeah that. i think it's a realtor yeah realtor yeah restaurant, I believe. and so they're there you have another meeting with him he's coming to the house and they said they were gonna cook him dinner and they're like oh we didn't get any of the stuff for dinner and the 
the sort of joke is like, well, Raul's around and we're psychotic <laughs> killers, so let's just eat this guy. And yeah, that's what they do, so they eat Raul. And they end. Yeah. <laughs> and they get them they get the money for the place. They have their own restaurant and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Ties up nicely in a little <laughs> bow. Uh they really did eat Raul. And I wrote that down. They, I that was my last note in this. It says they yeah. they really ate Raul. <laughs> that was yeah. my last the note. Title didn't lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so And I, I also I also like the fact that they got off scot free. That really pleases me. Yeah, I think that's sort of the funny bit about the movie is mm. like the the fact that these this perfect american couple that you know is very like catholic in in bed like we're only sleeping together oh, to yeah. procreate basically is like they get the happy ending <laughs> you know but that's yeah don't don't pay attention to any of the horrible stuff they did. They get the happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it's it, the whole the whole film's a giant satire on uh, more than one thing, there are many many things. Mm. But it, it works as a good satire, <laughs> is which is something that I actually don't say often because satire doesn't play well with me too much. I am. I thought there was a nun behind me. I looked into my webcam. So, oh shit! <laughs> Janko and I have have been put, turning on our cameras to talk to each other for these things. And I looked in my camera, and I have this bad habit of assuming things. And I thought there was a nun oh, behind yeah. me because oh, I saw the silhouette of like a nun. Oh yeah, that is scary. <laughs> That's not scary. It's just, it's just a nun. What's it no, do? just a scary thought. Like you wouldn't want to have a nun in your house, would you? Beat me with a ruler. I don't mind. Maybe she cooks yeah. good food. It could be. Yeah. I should sing some songs. It'd be like uh, the sound of music. Everything. Like oh that? right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. Point. <laughs> so let's do some trivia about this movie now. All right. Well, it's interesting that they got off scot free uh, because uh, because years after the film became a cult favorite, a sequel was actually scripted. Uh, oh, okay. In which in in which a man blackmails the Blands with knowledge of their killings, and Chevy Chase was slated to play that man. Yeah. Okay. And um, both Paul Bartel and Mary would reprise their roles, uh, but Bartel sadly died before that ever made ever got made. Oh, that is sad. Hmm. and uh, also doesn't feel like a movie that needed a sequel though i will admit that honestly not no No. i'm glad they actually it it isn't like that it it just works as a it just works as a fine indie cult film yeah like it's it's special in that regard and i also think it's i also uh believe it's uh it's uh it's on um uh what's that criterion criterion uh, yeah collection both subscription that uh, I think you and I wish we had. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He died uh, in uh, the... two thousand. Sorry, I was just seeing when uh, Bartel died. He was sixty-one years old when he died. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, also, Paul Bartel and Mary Warrenov they reprised their roles as Paul Bland and Mary Bland as a cameo appearance in Chopping Mall. Okay. I haven't seen Chopping yeah. Mall. I kind of just want to watch Chopping Mall. Just to see them play yeah. the their characters. Appar- and... 
apparently it's also a Christmas movie, so we can watch it next December. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say awesome we watch the next Home Alone movie that comes out, but whatever. Wait, there's another one. No, I'm just making that up. But by chance, okay. there is. I mean, we kind of have to. I'm taking this off. Oh yeah, yeah, we we kind of do. <laughs> Uh, also, the shooting shooting of this film only took 22 days, but it was shot uh, like throughout the whole year. Okay. Oh. And uh, Paul Rubens was originally approached to play the sex shop salesman, but but he turned it down, and then he recommended John Paragon to play that role instead. Uh, but I, I have no, I don't really know who John Paragon is, uh, but he was involved with Elvira. Oh, okay. Was um, that about it? Uh, and also, d- director Martin Scorsese says this movie is totally outrageous and funny. Um, it is a funny movie, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot oh. of parts in this movie that are funny. Obviously, it's comedy. Oh, also, uh, in, in 1992, this film was adapted into an off-Broadway, <laughs> off-Broadway musical. Oh, really? I'd, I'd see that. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you'd that get would... music into this, so like, what would you sing about? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, and uh, I'd see the that, orgy though. scene, the orgy party was shot in a single evening. Wow. Um, I can see that because it's like, the... <laughs> oh, wait, the orgy party. Oh, the big, the big party. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I assume it's, yeah, I assume it's the one they uh, kill all the people in the yeah, bathtub. Yeah, in the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, or the hot tub. Uh, also, uh, John Landis has an uncredited role as uh, a man who bumps into Mary Blant at the bank. Okay. Hmm. Oh, John Landis. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much... John Landis, the director. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyways, that's pretty much anything interesting I could find with the uh, with, uh, trivia. Um, um, all right, well, let's do our ratings, and then we'll move on to the next film. Jenko, yeah. what, did you th- what did you officially think, and what are you giving this as rating? Officially, I thought, uh, maybe I'll give it a free. I, I enjoyed parts of it, but then... I thought of to myself. Actually, there is some good moments here, and it is a it is a good, unique comedy that I do enjoy. I do enjoy these satires um, more so than like the typical comedies that you see um, mainly nowadays and such. But this actually has heart. This has character. Uh, it's actually good written, and I like that. It's kind of like a slapstick film in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it is very Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry, but in a very dark and morbid sense. And I, I think maybe that's why all the sex characters are like overplayed because there are supposed to be like Looney Tunes characters, you know, like the dog who gets the heart eyes and such like mm-hmm. that. Um, maybe it's like they're portrayed as cartoon characters and that's why they're totally, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, Caricatures. Ex- ex- exaggerating yeah. ex- exaggerative yeah. of their actions yeah. but uh, yeah I I, I I agree with you completely with your rating and I give it uh, three and a half yeah okay yeah so I I rated this three and a half when I watched it I think I'm still gonna keep it at three and a half even after everything I mm. said uh, which is pretty positive about the film but I think no yeah, absolutely I think upon watching it again, uh, in the future, it it probably will get bumped up to a four. Uh, to be honest, I yeah. I can't really say much more about the film other than what I've already said. But it, it's it's a funny dark comedy, and honestly, I either like the dark. I like 
it's either I like a dark comedy or I hate the dark comedy. And I liked, I like this one. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun. Um, it has, it has a, a, a little bit of bumps here and there. Uh, it's not done. Like, I'm not going to deny that at all, but I mean, for what it is, I mean, yeah, no, it's good. It's a good film. And, uh, it stuck with our yeah. theme perfectly. So, <laughs> Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. Speaking of things that get cooked, yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's um, yeah, let's move on to our next <laughs> next feature, which is um, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Well, because I'd be so ashamed. Here's your chance to improve your table conversation. Tell Michael you live in a big house and you spend four hundred pounds a week on clothes. I spend £400 a week on clothes. You eat in the best restaurants. I eat in the best restaurants. Georgina, try a little harder, please. It's important that I tell you now, so that I can have done with it. This is my wife, Georgina Spicker. She's got a heart of gold and a body to match. And I am Albert Spicker, and I have a heart of gold and a great deal of money to match. Albert beat me. Well, you know that. You saw the bruises. Pâté d'alouette with the chicory sauce. Pâté d'alouette with the chicory sauce. Terrine de Canton. Terrine de Canton. Cold turkey with lemon and basilica. Cold turkey with a lemon and basilica. If someone give you a prairie oyster to eat, what do you think you'd be eating? Fish. <laughs> now, Mitchell, you have just eaten a sheep's bullock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that it fit the bill completely. So the uh, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. It's a mouthful of a title. Uh, it's about the wife of an abusive criminal finds solace in the arms of a kind regular guest in her husband's restaurant. And yeah, this this movie is a mouthful. Um, it's very unique. The entire premise takes place primarily at a restaurant mm -hmm. yeah it does um uh, there's we can get into whole set design of this later but yeah it's all mm. basically based in the restaurant which i know i say this a lot i say this a lot when i'm reviewing my films just because it's a preference of mine but i went into this film blind i didn't look up anything i mean it's good i mean going in blind is the best way possible for this film, uh, for specifically this film, I think I'd actually <laughs> disagree with you in this case. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, in what sense? In the sense that I, I didn't realize it was going to be more theatrical, like sort of a almost like a Broadway play. Uh, not not musical, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was indeed. a it was more of a play. Yeah, it's like the 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 set design is yeah. formed like a play. yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I didn't know it was going to be uh sort of like an English British film. I I don't know much. I I feel like I had this impression. So the reason I say I wish I kind of knew a bit more is because I had this impression in my head that just turned out to be completely wrong. And even though oh, okay. I th enjoyed it, th I think there was a part of me that had to get rid of what I thought. And then by the time oh, okay. I, I, I got rid of that and I got used to what I was seeing on the screen, I I mean, it would have been like 15 minutes already passed by or something like that. And I wasn't, you know, it was like took me by surprise. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And I think it's because I built it up yeah. in my head because I was like, I didn't, like, what was what's going on? Like, I don't understand... 
Is this that guy the cook? Is this guy the... Th-? You know, like, I couldn't figure it out. Because I was like, <laughs> oh. what is going on? Because I had this different image in my head, and it screwed me up. So in that case, that's why I say, like, oh, it didn't, didn't help me in this regard. Like, I, I kind of wish no, I knew a okay. bit more yeah. than what I did. Okay, yeah, I can understand that resentment, for sure, yeah. Um, not resentment, but... Um, uh, but uh, so, so narrative-wise, this movie starts right, right away... Uh, yeah, it does start right away with gang. Yeah, this gangster and Albert, his lackeys, beat up this uh, this lonesome guy outside the restaurant, <clears throat> smearing with I assume it's dog shit or something. Yeah, they uh, they um, say it's dog shit, even though I thought yeah. it was food, <laughs> which mm. doesn't help because apparently this is a little trivia. Apparently, it was chocolate mousse that they were putting. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's much better for the for him, though. But see, this is the thing because I got so confused right away. I was like, "Is he putting food in his mouth?" And because he oh, doesn't yeah. say what it is right away, and then you're like, "Oh, it's dog poop." And I was like, "That's right." Eh, kind of looked like food, <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, okay, it was food." But I, I, uh, I'm gonna ask you a little bit about that character um, as we move on, um, and then. Uh, because after they beat up the guy, I mean, we get introduced with the whole restaurant set. So the the camera pans to them walking inside, and then they go through the kitchen, and that gets introduced. And then they walk into the dining room, which that gets introduced. And here we right away learn that there are, okay, there are three major stages in this film. You have the outside area, you have the kitchen area, which is green tinted, mm-hmm. and you have the the dining area which, is, which red. is red tinted and you know, like colors is a huge major theme in this film and <clears throat> it's I, I think it's uh done uh tastefully um especially when like characters walk uh walk through the next stage onto the like their their clothing on the colors change yep. and and you also have the bathroom, which is like the whitest, purest place in this restaurant. But uh, what I was going to ask you is, the guy who gets beat up, is that the same guy as the lover? No. No, no, okay, yeah. Because I was kind of confused about that. Um, no, that's just, uh, that's that's, just yeah. a, literally a guy to prove to the audience that this guy oh, is... That- that yeah, the, this guy's a big deal and he's got a lot of power oh, yeah. and he's got a lot of lackeys and you don't mess with this guy that's that's all that oh yeah he's a he's a bully through and through like uh, he's, he's like, there isn't a single yeah there's a bit i have to okay so this movie is loved by a lot and rightfully so for many reasons um but i don't know if i loved it as much as everybody else uh let's talk let's get this out of the way usually i'd say let's talk about the story first and then get into everything else later Mm. let's talk about the biggest thing which is the production design the production and design is i'm not gonna say it's the best thing in this movie but it's really really well done there is a sense Mm. of really true truly skillfully placed arrangements of everything and color placements like you said and mixing of colors which uh, plays into like how they feel and the the mood and emotion uh, that they're trying to portray, just in a room itself, it, without the characters, yeah. just within a room, is all really amazingly done. There's yeah. What what 
what do you think the colors represent? Like, well, the, uh, so, uh, obviously in the dining room is danger. Danger, yeah, yeah, red. But there's also the thing with the dining room because the, da- the dining room is the main stage. It's our our, our mm. giant set piece for most of this. The the restaurant's second biggest, uh, which I enjoyed the restaurant. Yeah. It had a lot of uniqueness to it. I'll, I'll answer your question in a second, mm, but good. the I like. The, some of the characters in it, the, the boy who sang at the high pitch, like sure, mm. beautiful. After a while, I was like, oh, just shut up. It's, it's so yeah, yeah exactly. It's just like yeah, stop. <laughs> like I don't understand why, how they. Uh, that's the, the the reason the kid is in the corner washing that dishes is because he's so f- flipping loud. <laughs> you're just like, come on, your beautiful voice, but just come on. Like literally, people are getting beat up left, right, and center. You're well. He learns pretty fast, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like I like the grand scale of the kitchen, which was very just it was really interesting. Um, there's meaning behind a lot of things in this film. Some of it, mm, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, kind of went over my head, but it's there. It, there. It's it's there oh, yeah. and it, it's a ton of yeah, symbolism. Lo- lots of symbolism. Indeed. Uh, with the red of I'm 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 well, Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I'm certain there's a lot of symbolism regarding the books too, uh, later on, like the book depository oh, yeah. and such. Uh yeah, so to answer your question with the the kit or not the kitchen, the um the restaurant with the red, mm. the predominant thing is yes, you said danger. Uh there's also a sense of a sense of anger. You know, because he's always there yeah. and he's always loud and obnoxious. Oh, yeah. If you're wondering about who I'm talking about, the the thief technically in this film, who is Albert, yeah. the the gang leader, who's uh, who's played by uh, Dumbledore, who plays in Harry Potter, which I uh, found out a bit later afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, true. I didn't yeah. think about that. He uh, hmm, Dumbledore's. Crazy, yeah, he's like British Tony, <laughs> yeah, <in the> film. <laughs> uh, with a weird sort of fetish of poop. He's always talking about people wiping their asses. Yeah. That's that's the one other thing yeah. is some of the dialogue in this film doesn't keep up no, with what the film is, and that's uh, well, I'll get, I'll get to that criticism a little bit later, but that is a, a big problem I have with this film. But yeah, so so the thing I liked about the restaurant the most is the red that it starts off with isn't the red it ends with. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest no, thing. Right, so yeah. it starts off with a really bright, vibrant red. But as the film goes yeah. on, that red gets darker and darker and darker oh, yeah, and fades. darker until it's almost becoming black, which is that anger is festering into this death. Oh, yeah. It could also... Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Where it's also like... Uh, a form of the wife, uh, like it, it's symbolizing her escape, how she's closer to escape of, of his abusive nature, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. Uh, I'm Honestly, I think it could be taken a lot of different ways. Um, and I don't think that there's mm. one set way as to what, uh, what it definitely means. But anything in this film, like mm. the symbolism in here... Like we've talked about this before, it can mean anything that you perceive it to be, because oh, yeah, that's what a film sure. is about, right? You know, mm. you don't look at a painting and say, uh, "This is exactly how this should make you feel." You, you're the one who decides that. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, so there's a passion, there's a rage in red, uh, and then we've got the green in the kitchen, which is like... Yeah, which is more like a safe Safe place. place. It's, mean, it's got weird. healing. You're trying to... Yeah, it's trusted. It, like it's it's an unchanged nature. Like, it's a, it's a safe spot, mm-hmm. you know? And... Um, yeah. There's also green can be envious too, which yeah, I guess so. kind of happens a little bit. So it all plays together, and then the 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 street is blue, if I if I recall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very neon blue. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what the blue. There's not much that happens outside. Like yeah, it's... it's kind of weird. I don't really understand what the blue like r- I, represents, other than depression. Mainly. Yeah, it's also like it can also be be derived as uh, like whatever happens in the restaurant doesn't really have a huge grasp on what happens outside. So this is outside their control or area, and I mean maybe that's because maybe that's why we primarily see him beat her up outside because that's outside of the the the, the play stage, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, um, and then we've got like because. Because it's the most vile stuff that happens outside. Like you have the guy who gets beat up outside at, at the start, and then you have him like abusing her outside in yeah. his car, and uh, you also have the food trucks that are completely rotten and deprived. Yeah, so that's just that. I'll well. I'll admit that's one of the symbolism in the movie that I don't think I fully understood. Is like he because he says in the start of the film like. I got you all this meat to cook with, and the cook's like, "Nah, not taking your shit. Not, I don't want that." Yeah, like he's he's like he's a he's an extortionist, the the the, the gangster, and and the, the 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 chef is not is not accepting it one iota. And I like, and yeah, it just shows how firm ground this chef owner mm-hmm. is to his values and his ideals and his uh, his views of this restaurant like he, he's not taking any shit of him you can tell that too when he comes with the cutlery and he says yeah. like this is not good cutlery, cutlery. yeah and uh, i think the way we're gonna review this film for everybody listening and thank you very much for listening to us we we really do appreciate it but i think the way we're gonna uh, review this film what we've done in the past is we, we review different mm-hmm. films different ways we're probably just going to talk about this film more or less all over yeah, the place. I mean, it, it's a, it's an art film. It's an art film through and through. So it it would be in, would be a bit difficult to talk about this like we did with a boy or any like. <laughs> But yeah, with yeah. the symbolism in the trucks, I think while I was watching it, it, it like evaded what it was. Mm-hmm. To me, thinking about it now, back on it, I think you're right. It has something to do with the uh, with Albert's sort of fake generosity you know because he says like oh look at this yeah, look i got indeed. you all this stuff and the the chef says like i don't want it you know like i don't want anything from you like yeah. i don't want it i don't want it mm-hmm. and it the rotting and the festering is like not only does it show like albert doesn't give a shit like he's gonna make the place stink up and he doesn't care it's not his problem yeah. because he did his part but it also i think it's a representation of like of Albert himself, you know, like everything that he does for you, it's just rotten to the core. Like that, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's just absolutely. Uh, it's not genuine. It's yeah. Not, like, and that's a physical manifestation of it. And I think shoving both of the characters, so the lover and the wife, into it was sort of like a way of saying, oh, like, yeah. you have to get through 
the whole thing in order to get over it. Like you have to go through it yeah. all. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's a good. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that analogy very much. Yeah. Uh, which I th- I could be wrong about it, but to me uh, personally. Um. But but to get back to the uh the we we digressed a bit, but the bathroom being white mm. is you're right. It's like a protection yeah. and you a, pl- a purity. Um. And then Albert comes in and. You fucking wrecks the shit out of that most of the time. Yeah. And laughs at someone's dick while he's taking a pee and pushes him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, like like he is a bully. Like oh, he bullies yeah. everyone in this restaurant. It, oh that's okay. Well, we talked about the sets a bit. Um we didn't even talk about mm. the the book place. Oh the characters. But we should talk about the characters now. Oh yeah. <laughs> So our main players is Helen Mirren, who plays the wife, and this patron who's at this restaurant, the lover. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the actor uh, who of played the lover. Uh, yeah, is it Alan? Yeah, Alan Howard. Yeah, and then you have the this this French chef who is uh, like the leader of the restaurant, and then you have Albert who is leader of the dining room. Um, yeah. And uh, I like I like the fact that neither well Helen Mirren speaks, but the main character doesn't speak until uh, like a half hour in the film, and they actually they actually uh, mentioned this too. Yeah, <laughs> like um, they find it interesting because anything could happen, which I found was like yeah. a little uh, too much on the nose for me. I, that line, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, I can see that. <laughs> Didn't have to. I I don't know. I like. I didn't quite like. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate that line. But in the same no. sense, I was like, eh. <laughs> as a lot of the dialogue is my <laughs> biggest problem with this film. Honestly, yeah, it uh, yeah, it is not the best. I I can see that as well. Matt, kudos uh, on both it, of them, uh, Alan and um, Helen, uh, uh, Helen, for for yeah. putting themselves fully on screen like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this, this, this movie doesn't shy away with full frontal. No, it doesn't. I, I mean, I, I don't mind f- films that do. No, because there's like, a, there's a tastefulness it, to like it. Like if, if it's important, yeah. If to it's important film. to the plot, then I don't mind it. Like it's, it's, yeah. Like it's, it's a difference if you're watching the exploitation film. It's just nudity for the sake yeah. of nudity. But here, it's actually important. It shows virility, or it shows. There is something something symbolic, like an Adam of Adam and Eve uh, type of thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Also, Helen has a beautiful but, uh, body. Do... Like, and I'm not even saying this as like, oh a, yeah, woo, like, uh, you know, like I was gonna whistle. I don't think my mic will pick it up. I was gonna do that. <laughs> I think it might have picked it up. Yeah, but yeah, I wasn't saying it that way. She just actually really does have a beautiful body. Oh yeah, I agree. And the character of Albert with a thief, he ah. Uh, God, he's so obnoxious, so yeah. majorly, majorly <laughs> obnoxious. Um, his character like, is gross. Like, you know disgusting. what he reminds me of? He reminds me of. Um, have you ever seen Blackadder? No. 
Okay. Uh, well, he, he reminds me of this loud character from season one of Blackadder, and it's exactly what Albert is like a very loud, obnoxious person um, that just constantly needs to raise his voice. And uh, yeah, you just get tired of Albert after so long. And um, I mean, he, it, it's um, to say the least, it is a, it is a, what's the word? It is a satisfying ending, <laughs> that's for sure. It is um, probably one of the most satisfying endings I've seen mm-hmm. in the film this year. <laughs> oh, and we should um, talk about uh, the cook, uh, of course. So the oh yeah, the, the cook, cook yeah. Richard. He well, he plays a French cook. He's more of kind of like a uh, how do you? I, I'm trying to think of the right words to say. He's like a neutral. Neutral yeah, member, neutral uh, somewhat neutral. Uh, his character is actually quite confusing to me, in a, in a sense. I mean, I, I can see it. Like, like he, like he, he hates Albert without um, a brand. But he, mind. he also like he needs is, him. Uh, he knows that he needs him to because yeah, it's his restaurant and stuff right. like that. There's sort of like a respect mm. in not Albert, but respect in like the nature of the business. The, yeah. The, Chain yeah, of exactly. Perhaps. But also, but also, uh, he he has no quarrel. He doesn't like he he actively helps. Yeah. That's that's uh, the, the wife confusing lover, part like, uh, with it. Um, we'll talk about the likes and dislikes personally soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. shy away from helping uh, his wife, not his wife, uh, Albert's wife, which is yeah. is really nice, but. Um, yeah, I I liked all of the acting in this movie. I think that's important mm. to say because it plays it so much as sort of like an audience watching something ha- unfold mm. in real time. But us, oh yeah, but also you have to understand that as the movie goes, uh, just just another thing I realized with uh, Albert is as the movie goes on, he shuns people outside that restaurant left and right and then you notice that he has fewer and fewer people mm-hmm. with him like yeah, his, by the, his motley crew becomes by the end he's and one then, person left yeah and then also like it's or one or two like I can't remember yeah also at that well we're actually coming to this point at the ending so I can save it then um uh but it's about the chef but but anyways we can move on to our likes and dislikes now. well i actually we'll we'll switch it up we'll do the ending right now and we'll get to the likes and dislikes okay so yeah so albert and his lackeys they managed to kill uh, the lover and they they break into his book depository and they shove papers of his favorite book down his throat uh by the french revolution um i wonder if that is also some symbolism um maybe like them cooking him is the bastille like it starts the french revolution possibly i'm not um, really sure but but uh she thinks of an idea to get back at albert and she thinks she approaches the cook and says i want you to cook michael i want you to cook michael yeah i want to i want you to cook michael and first he refuses of course but of course yeah because it's it's a moral thing like it's but once she mentions albert it's like take your money away i'm doing this for free and 
like uh, you, you notice like like yeah like he he has no <laughs> he has no zero friends albert I mean, i'll so i'll admit he, this actually i, I, I thought I that i knew it wasn't gonna go this way but a part of me was like i wonder if she's gonna make it so that he cooks him but also poisons the food like i thought he was she was going to make it oh, so that yeah. it looked like a really fine fancy meal like exotic meal and albert's just going to yeah. eat it like the pig that he is you know and then she's going to be like oh did you enjoy oh, yeah. eating albert also did you enjoy the poison fuck you you know <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah that would have been sinister too i, <laughs> I thought she was going to do something like that well, but of of i like the way it went yeah. uh <clears throat> the way the way it went was better yeah i mean the way it's set up is so sinister. Like Helen is cruel in this scene, and like she's she's set up her mind. Like she's she's ready to do the one deed that 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 helps her remove him, remove herself completely from Albert's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's there's no redeemable value with Albert. Nope, like he's there's a, none. He's a cruel, he sadistic, tortures a child. Tortures yeah. just people in general for no reason whatsoever. Mm. He has little to. N- uh, well, yeah, okay. So, anyways, uh, sorry. I'm, the reason I'm st- stopping with this because I'm all I'm going to say this again, and I don't really feel like making everybody listen to the same thing over and over again. But yeah, so you're right. <laughs> she convinces the cook um, to cook Michael. And then she mm. forms a special party. By the way, they have title cards throughout every sort of like um, chapter yeah, of, right. of yeah. this movie, thought... and they were really well done. And I like how they kind of yeah, I like that too. That helped it replace, like, helped you with a sense of when is this happening? Like, what? because yeah, because it doesn't intercut with anything mm-hmm. outside of the restaurant. And besides, so it, it besides subtle way. changes within the scenery, uh, you don't really. No, you wouldn't know if it was a different day. But I, I thought the title cards were really True. nice. Like they're really nice to look at, and I like yeah. also like how they get less full because they have a lot of uh, ornaments yeah. around them. And by the the end, there's like right. hardly anything there, um, which can be symbolism <laughs> yeah, for a true. lot of stuff. Um, but mm. yeah, so she convinces the cook to cook Michael, and they have a private function uh, for Albert. And by that time, Albert's got like one or two lackeys. And um, all of the people he's ever really done wrong are not done wrong, but just tortured or just anybody who's like come to the realization like, ah, oh, fuck Albert. You know, like <laughs> at that point, they're, they're just like, I want to be at this party too. Mm. That's when Albert sits down at his own private little table and they wheel out this giant meal, which looks like a dead body under a sheet. I don't understand how he's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, yeah. And then they take it out and look, it's a giantly cooked Michael glazed, yeah. glazed it all. I also like the fact, I like the way the cook walks out of the restaurant. Like it's uh, like he's some, some badass, a mobster Don or something like, like it looks very, the, whatever they did or whoever made the cooked dead body really did a good job. Mm. Um, and obviously the director really thought so too, because they get that nice scrolling shot 
of the body yeah, through right. through the whole thing. They really want the audience to be like, look at uh-huh. this great thing that we had in our movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So and then comes the line you you uh you said you wanted to kill him, you killed him, you said you wanted to eat him, now eat him. Yep, yeah. Um and then she suggests eating the cock first and he doesn't. He just takes a little bit. No, he's the stomach or something. Yeah, I do enjoy the fact, like the fear you get to see on his face and the the shaking. Oh, he does a oh, really yeah. good job at the disgusting oh, does, nature like... of it all. Uh, and knowing that he yeah. has to like, <laughs> it's almost more than that. It's almost him realizing like being on the other end of the stick. And how much of like a, yeah. a bloody coward he he just he can't be on that other end of the stick, oh, yeah. and he's on the worst like That's right. he's on the sharpest point of that stick, and yeah, it's just. But it's also um, it's also symbolic death for him too because it's he's a glutton. Yeah, like he's, he's like his his carnal sin is gluttony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, so it would be appropriate that he consume human flesh right before he gets yeah. killed. <laughs> yeah. So I think we'll probably stop it, stop the ending there, because there's a little, tiny little bit more. But um, yeah. there is more. I mean, like yeah, like we we spoiled it a little bit, but there is still value to get from this, even though it's being spoiled. Um, it's a it's a gorgeous piece of uh, uh, film that is just just feels more special than the common film that you usually mm-hmm. watch. Um, and uh, like I I have no knowledge with Peter Greenway, but I would love to watch more of his films. Um, I don't have, I neither, neither. This is the only Peter Greenway or Green Away film. I, I keep thinking, Yeah, I want to say, is it Greenway or Greenaway? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is Greenaway. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed the A before. <laughs> uh, unless that, I mean, he's a Welsh director, oh, okay. so it might as well. Greenaway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how Welsh people pronounce it. I'm not going to attempt it, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, we'll do our dislikes uh, and likes, and then we'll do yep. uh, a little bit of trivia. There's literally not much. And uh, review, and then, yeah, that will be, that'll be... I think we'll talk about the theme a bit more, too. Yeah. So with yeah. this... I, I really like the set designs. I really like the costumes changing and the effect her cigarette changes scene to scene and stuff like that. Um, and the sashes, you know, change color. Like they're blue in the outdoor, they're mm. green in the kitchen, and then they're red in the the uh, restaurant. I love all of that stuff. Yeah. But this movie falls really short for me in dialogue. I thought Albert... I know it's intentional. You're supposed to hate the living shit out of who he is. Mm -hmm. But by the end, I was just kind of like annoyed by, by him because Mm -hmm. it's like, how can a man talk about wiping asses so much? It's like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, I don't understand what is, is fiction Mm -hmm. in this. It, uh, it wasn't just that either. It was the dialogue. It's just this film plays itself to be sort of on this higher class of like, I've got something to say, but it's like, well, then I feel like some of the dialogue at least should sort of live up to the rest of that. And Albert is just the most grotesque human being to ever be written. Like he's just (laughs) disgustingly gross. And 
it's always about shit with him. That's the the, the thing. He's always yeah, talking yeah, about poop, right. and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't only that. It was the fact that like, it's kind of like how the. It's funny how the that one line that you said where the the character uh, where Michael's character says like, oh, I found it most interesting when the character didn't speak. It's kind of right. It's like, I enjoyed Michael, but that's probably because he didn't speak the most. And, you know, it's like the dialogue didn't live up, but he didn't have dialogue, so he lived up to the rest of the movie, you know? Same with, uh, same with um, Helen, uh, Helen's character, Georgie, or Georgina. Even when she did Mm -hmm. speak, like her whole sort of um, dialogue with Michael when he's dead, about the abuse she went through yeah. with um, uh, with Albert, even though it's yes, touching yeah. and really sad, it also didn't go anywhere. Like it didn't feel like it had a no, purpose at all. True. She said like he had trains no. and, and but, but the disgusting things that she did say. You're just gonna like why? Because she it's like she had this big giant secret to say, and then in the end she's like, oh, I got abused at home too, and you're like. Mm, no shit oh yeah yeah I, I like i was like i was watching it with my wife and she was like oh she's pregnant <laughs> and i was like no it didn't go there yeah no it's just, it the, what she says then it's like it doesn't it really has mm. no significant meaning within the film you know with within You're her right i kind of wish it went somewhere but else, that's the yeah. kind of almost the thing with this whole film is like the everything else about this movie is more meaningful than what's actually said within the movie and it's yeah, it's a little right. disappointing in that sense um mm-hmm. i know a lot of people just tend to eat this movie up because it's like there's that but I don't know if I could really get over that fact. Mm. There's a lot of dialogue that's just kind of that's a... not leave, living up to the sort of reperta- re- representation that the film tries to uphold within itself. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's valid criticism. I, I, I can see that. There's, there's, I'm not going to say that all of it is complete garbage, uh, like the dialogue, because it's not. It's the, that's not what I'm trying to say at all i'm just saying that there are parts of the film where the the dialogue just it just seemed almost kind of laughably silly sometimes you know uh same (laughs) with like when she was talking to the cook i think this will be the last example i I bring up with this but then when she's talking to the cook and she's trying to convince the cook and then she like opens her dress and she's like what do you want to sleep with me and you're just like it just didn't feel like it met the scene you know, like I, I, I yeah. understand her confusion and stuff like that, but it's almost like throughout the film, it seemed like they had this neutral friendship. Like they knew that they were really yeah. good friends, but then she does that and you're just like, okay, but like, it's almost like that kind of idea gets thrown away uh, just with that simple gesture. Yeah. Uh, it just felt a little not needed. Uh, so like I, I think Georgie's character, in in a sense, written wise, like uh, dialogue wise, is just a lot of it fell short. And Albert's obsession with shit just got really frustrating after a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that will be my rant for that. Uh, apart from, 
the the child abuse in this film. I mean, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, that's really extreme. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he made that kid eat buttons. That's weird. But then it's Albert. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't make him eat shit because the guy's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> all he likes. But uh, yeah, no, I um, things I enjoyed with this film were the music, um, like the scoring. It was very um, classical. Not I, I like, yeah, I'll say I liked it as well, but in the same sense, it's... Uh, it, it, it's basic, uh, but but it, it, it works for this film. I yeah, it does, it, it, it does, has, it does. Some moments, at some moments, it does sound like uh, like an Ennio Morricone uh, type score. The, the, uh, when I did notice this, uh, the scoring in the film was the very final scene, the like the cannibal scene. Uh, the oh, score yeah. then was really good. That's probably the best song. Yeah, like yeah, like it, it, it expanded mm-hmm. with a crescendo yeah. and like became more, more bombast and more uh, yeah. bigger for what is that, what it's actually portraying. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, I also love the, those panning scenes. They're 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 so good to look at, like, especially at the beginning mm-hmm. when it pans the entire stage, almost and. Um, yeah, it's I love I like the characters, I like both Michael and uh the love the the wife, uh Georgina. Um I even even though I despise Albert, I still think he's a I still think he's a good good villain. Oh like, yeah, the, the, he is a good uh, villain. He is a villain, like for sure. Yeah. Um Oh he's yeah, he's detestable yeah. <laughs> in every way, Absolutely. whatsoever. And I uh, like it. Like he's he is a clear danger of this film. Like you, you can tell like what's at stake with Georgina and what what they're what she's doing with Michael. Like mm-hmm. if he ever finds out, you know what's gonna happen, and that is a fear uh, throughout this film. Like 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 early on it sets that stage quite well Well, you know what you know Uh, how you said lynn said that she thought she was gonna say she was pregnant right i thought she was gonna finally admit why she's white why she ever got with albert that's what i thought this was like there was gonna be some really big significance there as to like why she and how she ended up with him because from a outsider's perspective you look at it and you're like no one in their mind would be with albert unless it's like through force but obviously there's you know it just it i thought that's the that what we were gonna get and it also sounded like it because you get a bit of dialogue about michael being like what how did you get with albert sort of and it never gets answered and i thought that's what it was that's true yeah yeah. and then it just doesn't go anywhere that would have been good if they added that i I could see that so but Anyways, I'll I'll do the I'll I'll do a bit um, of trivia. Oh, sorry. Uh, unless you want to say something else. Yeah. No, no. I was just gonna add add a bit more. With I, I agree with you. With I love the set design. I love the color changing, and it's yeah, it's a gorgeous film to look mm-hmm. at. Uh, yeah. So there's really not a lot of trivia. Um, some of it I've already actually said, but the interesting thing is the four title characters were named. For actors and actresses, the writer and director Peter Greenaway uh, originally wanted them to play, oh. and the only person that managed to actually get that role was Richard the Cook, because it's okay. by huh. Richard uh, Bowringer. And um, yeah, yeah, so 
for the thief, uh, for Albert, he wanted the guy who plays Mike or Albert was actually he wanted to play Michael. So Michael Gambon is the person who plays Albert, but that's why he was named Michael. So the director yeah. wanted him to play Michael originally. Oh, yeah, okay. but he played. Uh, well, obviously he played um, Albert instead, and. Georgina was named for uh, Georgina Hale, a different uh, actress. And who was the last person? Albert was for Albert Finley. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's specifically why they were named that. And honestly, uh, honest to God, that's probably it. (laughs) That's probably it for for trivia. Um, The rest. Yeah, oh the, really? The okay. rest is just kind of pointless, and I don't. I, there's one on there that I actually don't even know if I believe. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, What's oh, that? the the panning shot from the kitchen to the like when we got a pan shot of the kitchen to the restaurant to the toilet was the passage of the food going from the mouth to the stomach to the yeah digestive or to the like bowels and. I don't oh, like you say okay. that's symbolism, but in the no. same sense, I say it's who who gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. It, it, regardless if that was it or not, it's dumb. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, but yeah, we'll, we've we've done everything. We've explained it. Uh, ratings now. Mm. What? Uh, well, you've seen this movie before, so this is the second time you've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah um also this is also the first time i saw it with my wife and she she enjoyed it very much um um i'm very glad she enjoyed it um and uh yeah seeing it this was my second time i i enjoyed it much more i um, noticed the symbolism much more clearer and um uh at first i i had given it four and a half but i i i can't after watching it again and still noticing that I, I absolutely appreciate and love this film, I I can't stand by by not giving this a five. So um I'm yeah I'm, I'm absolutely giving this a yeah. five rating. All right. Well, this was my first time watching the film. Um, and my wife did start mm-hmm. watching it with me, and she watched about maybe okay. fifteen twenty minutes, and then she's like, nah. <laughs> no, it wasn't for her. So and I, I, I was fine with that. I was like, I can see it. So, uh, you guys all know what I think about the movie now. I'm not going to explain anything else. Um, I think I've made it very abundantly clear. Honestly, a part of me kind of wants to give it three and a half, and all right, but okay. because of the clever symbolism. And thinking about it after a while, I think I will give it a four, but it might be one, one of those reverse things. If I rewatch it, it may go down oh, yeah. if I still find the same things annoying and uh, frustrating with okay, the film, yeah. uh, mainly the dialogue and stuff like that. But for for now, I will give uh-huh. it a, uh, the four because I, th- I do think uh, the set pieces and the way everything cinema- cinematically... Um, and the cinematography and just the lighting and color it, it it's it it's a brilliant example of how you could do those things in a really really uh intriguing sense where it's 
the draw of the film ah, almost, yeah. you know, like that is the draw of the film. Mm. Uh, so, so for that, I, I will bump it up to the the four stars. But yeah, nice. Yeah, you guys know how, what I think about it. So yeah, and that that the connection between all these films is they end with cannibalism. It's just here's your movie. Yeah. We haven't eaten a single soul, <laughs> and you're about to end the movie, and you're like, oh, yeah. we ate a guy. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that improve other films like would, would that work with like like star wars uh we'll end it on cannibalism you could uh, you could do that you could eat darth <laughs> vader he's already cooked yeah yeah it's like a oh, walking piece of beef jerky oh, like i like that would make it sinners like all the javas are all the ewoks are cannibals <laughs> yeah. uh, actually so <laughs> That's why they were taking liking to uh, Luke and uh, the and his allies. <laughs> you do it with a. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's clearly a weird, and I've never heard anyone talk about it before. Of like movies that just end in cannibalism. But Jank and I were talking about this literally just before recording this. But depending on how you guys like this episode, and it's kind of gone on quite long. But um, the oh yeah, the way that uh. We're, we're doing this episode is we're thinking we could do a sequel to this because there are other films that just end in cannibalism oh, yes. uh, because I guess it's symbolic um, in a, in a filmmaking sense For and that, sure. that, that makes sense, but it, it's kind of crazy to think there's so many people out there who made a film and they're like, uh, and he gets eaten the end. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. But anyways, like I said, this is actually getting quite long, so we're going to end the episode here. Um, if you like this episode, you can uh, let us know how much you liked it, or you can just talk to us about it. Um, we'll, we'll happily take emails or questions, so you can get in contact with us through our email, which is uh, criticallyoptimisticpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also check out our Twitter, which is by the same name, uh, Critically Optimistic. You'll see our goofy logo there. And if you're interested in where else you can listen to us, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Amazon's, uh, we're on any place you could basically get uh, your podcast listening needs. And that is it. Uh, don't forget, stick around for the conclusion of our sketch or the start of the sketch, depending on how you're looking at it, um, right there at the end. And as always, we hope to see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Mm. Oh, man, this turned out juicy. Oh, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. As you can see, the meal I made for the double feature turned out fantastic. You look worried. <laughs> you don't think... Of course this isn't Janko. Because, because of tonight's theme, you thought this was... Oh, wait. Wait until Janko hears this. Hey, Janko. Dinner's ready.
Oh, I'm starving. Whoa, this looks delicious. Oh, man. Oh. Thanks. Oh, oh, get this. Our audience tonight thought because of our double feature theme, I killed you, cooked you, and that, that you were this meal. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh, no. Well, oh, well um, who is this, though? Oh, oh, oh it's, it's Greg, that new delivery guy. Um, I, I'll tell you this, it wasn't easy. Yeah, it was worth the effort, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. 